Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. About to watch the Super Bowl in a few hours. Yep. Well, it's a good day for politics, too. And uh, our sixth episode of Generation Elect, we're going to be covering a lot of things, including uh, what to expect in Trump's delayed State of the Union address on Tuesday. That's going to be um, a lot of fun. Then uh, Cory Booker announces he's going to run for president, the longtime New Jersey senator. And finally, uh, some pictures of uh, Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia have emerged, and we'll discuss about him and his li- and the scandal and whether he should resign. So um, glad to have you on here, Griffin. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So we got a lot. To, we got a lot to talk about, definitely. But. Um, the first order of business is the State of the Union. It was supposed to be given last Tuesday, but uh, Pelosi, Pelosi denied Trump that pleasure due to the shutdown. And uh, this Tuesday, we're going to see it. It's going to be a bit frantic, a bit delayed. But what do you expect to go down here? In the shutdown? So I saw um, a, an article on Politico, or it might have been real clear politics, but it showed that Trump kind of plans for his State of the Union address to... Um, address the topic of unity and bipartisanship and he's probably going to cave in more towards the center with the Democrats controlling Congress. I mean, Bill Clinton did the same thing when he was president. He moved towards the center with a Republican-controlled Congress. And I think he's going to have to do that with uh, Nancy Pelosi behind him. Mm -hmm. You know, last year Paul Ryan was behind him along with Mitch McConnell, and they were just uh, clapping at everything he said, but they're going to have Pelosi glaring down behind him, uh, listening to his every move, so it will be different. It will be more concessions, I think. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, how are they going to... If you're Trump, do you ignore the shutdown? Because like, most of the blame falls on him for that, is the general consensus, but do you ignore the shutdown, or do, do you do you think he's going to try to blame it on the Democrats or? Um, well, I feel like he would blame it on the Democrats. However, that might not be the view of the country. Being that he's the one who's kind of pushing for an agenda harder than the Democrats are, the blame would most likely fall on him. However, he may ignore kind of what's happening in the shutdown with like, the TSA agents losing their job, uh, not getting paid, all these federal workers who are left unpaid. Yeah, I think, well, I think the greatest strategy for him would be to ignore that because you could, you could go, he could go on his, which I think is incredibly possible. He could go on his rant saying like Nancy and Chuck caused these TSA workers not to be paid, but then, then they would corner him with the same evidence, which is you started the shutdown and, uh, he would be dead again. But I, I just think that the best strategy for Trump is focus on other things, ignore the, the government shutdown, which dominated the headlines over the last month. Uh, even if that's what's on people's mind, I think that's not a great strategy for the president to use. But about unity, this is a unity is a message he hasn't, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't really said much of in the last two years of his presidency. Do you think he's going to turn a new door now? Like... I definitely believe that he could. Now, back in 2016, when he was elected, a lot of moderate voters did not like him. Well, there were some who did, but uh, most of the moderate centrist voters voted for Hillary. Yeah. Um, He'll want to attract some of them 
back. However, he may have to concede some of the far-right voters, like those people that were at Charlottesville a year Mm -hmm. and a half ago. He'll have to concede them. However, I do believe that he will move towards the center and try to attract a larger uh, voter base in the political center rather than try to just stick with like the far right and the- no he needs he needs the center he needs the independents i read that 70 percent of independents are definitely not voting against him according to a new poll and that's not good for a president up for re-election next year yeah that's and pretty um, bad. so he needs to bring over some of those people and if that means a change in tone a change not a change in views but a change in how he presents the views and more concessions over the next two years, the second half of this, of this term. I think that's what he's going to need to do if he wants to be reelected because the extremists, completely right, no compromising, that's not going to work. And we saw that in the shutdown he lost because he never compromised. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty sure Trump won the votes of independents, but he didn't necessarily win moderates. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of moderates, there are a lot of moderate Democrats and not as many moderate Republicans. Well, the moderate Republicans, the Romneys, Romney, the Brian McCain's, Fitzpatrick. Many of many of them sat out the many of them sat out the election. So, yeah, yeah, that is true. I don't know how Trump's going to uh, get that group back, but we'll see it in the State of the Union. A little glimpse. Uh, he also said he's going to make abortion a major issue in the State of the Union. I wonder oh. how he's going to try try that because that's a issue that we could we could see a little bit of it changing with Kavanaugh and Roe v. Wade. Yeah, whispers of that being overturned. But I'm interested to hear the president's approach yeah. on that because that has not been talked about. Yeah, two states, Alabama and West Virginia, which are both hardline Republican states, mm-hmm. they recently approved measures to limit access to abortion. They didn't necessarily like ban abortion in all cases, but they banned it in most cases. I think they left exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Yeah, they ha- and uh, New York passed a new um, bill about that. That was a yeah. listener question yeah, from one Virginia, of our... Yeah, the Virginia legislature is proposing a similar one. I think the pot could be uh, boiling over a bit here, and we'll see. we'll see Trump talking about it. Yeah. Will he um will he continue to toot the immigration horn? Will he continue to talk about how like immigrants bring car- will, he, will he that's the message he's gone on for so many years and mm-hmm. it failed miserably in the shutdown. Is he going to bring that back or is he going to not? I feel like he's that? going to try to move on to new issues. Yeah. His presidency has basically been dominated by the issues of immigration, uh, there was once a period where it was kind of the issue of taxes when the tax mm-hmm. cuts were passed in December uh, last, last winter. Year. Um, there was a bit of health care that was kind of in the mix during the work. attempted repeal of Obamacare. Yeah. Um, with uh, After the Parkland shooting, gun control became a big issue. Trump didn't really comment that much on gun control. He never did. No, he did not. Um, there was a bump stock ban that was, that's been floating around. Yeah, but the State of the Union, uh, Tuesday night, it's, it's, I think it's a fresh new start. Yeah. President. It's, uh, like, it's, a, uh, all this, it's gonna be a page turned. We'll see how yeah. he's gonna approach this, uh, new Congress. Uh, we'll see Nancy Pelosi frowning on him, uh, the whole State of the Union, because traditionally, uh, she will stand right behind him, I think. 
Yes. That's the way it works. So, yeah, um, it's going to be some good viewing. And past speeches, I know, of Trump's like, State of the Unions and his inauguration, we've seen, like, the Republicans stand up and clap for everything he said, and the Democrats just sit down. So yeah. Except I'm for sure that partisanship will continue on in, that, in this address. But is he going to take the calm, solemn, kind of terrifying approach he does, or, like, the loud the loud um boisterous thing he does at rallies i don't know i feel like he's going to be very calm because consider the state of the union is a much more formal occasion it is like if you go to a trump rally most of the people there are going to be wearing those make america great again t-shirts and trump hats when you go to the state of the union everyone is all dressed up nice it's a very very formal occasion because this is the president outlining his vision for the coming year yeah. And Trump's vision just got thrown upside down last Friday. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens Tuesday night. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk about that more in our next episode, what we, what we our takeaways from that speech. But uh, yeah, we'll move on to our next topic, which is, of course, 2020 news, news that will not be going away anytime soon is that a uh, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker has announced he's running for president. So um, what's your take on this? Ah, uh, Cory Booker. Uh, well, this is just an anecdote. When I was in D.C. once, he was actually having lunch at a nearby table at the restaurant my family was eating at. Really? Um, this was when he was mayor. He was mayor in Newark from, I believe, 06 to 2013. <laughs> yeah. Um, he won a Senate special election, then a full term. He's on the younger side. He's younger than Kamala. I think like 49 or 50 right now. Um, but on the young side, he is, he has moved to the left recently after Trump became president. He, he was more towards the center when, kind, uh, well, kind of like Cuomo, Cuomo's, Cuomo's moved to the left too. Yeah. President. But yeah, but more, yeah, continue. Um, but also, there are some controversies associated with him. Well, besides his moderate past, it, there are, um, I'm pretty sure one of his donors may have been the um, same company that manufactured the tear gas that was used in Tijuana. Um, and he voted to uh, um, increase the number of casinos in New Jersey, which yeah. was not, uh, which was not um, a, a legislation that many people were happy with. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has had he hasn't had a perfect record. I mean, none of these candidates have. It's been yeah. a lot of as since everyone's run for president, like within days of their announcements, it's been like, oh, wait, you supported this thing in two thousand six? Like, yeah, thought, Tulsi Gabbard, Kristen. So Hill, many of the candidates have some kind of controversy. Like Kamala had a, uh, controversies when she was attorney general of California. Elizabeth Warren had the. Native American ancestry and her DNA controversy. Mm -hmm. um, Tulsi Gabbard was once again same-sex marriage. Yep. Um, uh, Kristen Gillibrand had a very conservative past. Yeah. But with like, with all with all your with all your years of experience, like, uh, how could you not have something in your past? Yeah. So I think Julian Castro is the only one we have. Julian Castro is clean, but Julian Castro isn't really bringing anything new. No. So yeah, but more about bringing news. So Cory Booker has announced he's um another uh, minority uh minority uh candidate who which we discussed more on the last podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, but uh so Cory Booker um how can he uh stand apart from the field? Because 
you look at Kamala Harris, you look at Kirsten Gillibrand, you look at uh, probably Beto O'Rourke coming in, Elizabeth Warren. These are all very charismatic uh, people. How does Cory Booker put his head above the rest of them? Well, one thing that Cory Booker would need to do is he has to find a strong voter base. Now, I assume he'd probably go for the African-American vote. Kamala would probably also go for it. However, um, Kamala Harris is actually Jamaican-American. Yeah. Um, so Cory Booker could um, use that. He could also kind of use the theme that he was once the mayor of the city of Newark and that he knows local politics and local issues. I mean, Julian Castro was mayor of San Antonio. However, mm-hmm. Julian Castro is not going to win the Democratic nomination. No. Cory Booker's. But um, I don't think Cory Booker is going to win either because yeah. you look at him and he's a, he's a good candidate. And I would, I would, I, I as a Democrat, a liberal, would support him over yeah. any Republican. But I just don't see, there's no reason why I should support him over Kamala Harris or, or Elizabeth Warren, yeah. or Elizabeth Warren for that matter. Like, he's great, but he doesn't have that defining characteristic which set Hillary Clinton over the top in 2016, which set Barack Obama over the top in 2008. And uh, we have a listener question from uh, my brother, who, uh, yep. <laughs> which is, um, uh, what chance does Cory Booker have of winning the whole primary? Uh, and, uh, does he? A very good chance. Yeah, he's a he's a big name. We saw him burst onto the scene like in the Kavanaugh nomination in the Kavanaugh uh in the Kavanaugh hearings he uh really put his name forward oh yeah he, that was I a that was that. an opportunity for many Democrats to put their name forward yeah but Cory Booker did that but uh yeah I just don't think he has what it takes to beat uh Kamala Harris or better yeah. or I I feel like the Democratic nominee would either be Kamala or who I call the three B's Bernie Biden or Beto huh um, well, they're all yeah. We haven't heard anything from any of them. Yeah, about... there are a few other candidates with a last name beginning with B that I don't think will win, like Michael Bloomberg or Sherrod Brown or Michael Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're Little all B's. they're all uh, possibles though. Yeah, but yeah, Booker's last name starts with a B. But yep. uh, Booker, I don't think Booker's gonna make it. I don't think he will. I think he'll be in there till. Uh, He'll not the end, but he'll he'll he won't drop out early. He'll probably make it to like Super Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could see him uh, make a kind of run that now that Rubio made. If but, there was a dem- if the Democratic primary were held today, I feel like he'd be. I feel like he might be in third. Third, third a good vicinity for second. him. Jill Brand would be in fourth. But right, right now it's all about just getting their name on the map. You know. uh boosting their funding and we'll see how Cory Booker does and if anything happens. I mean, the first debate in June is a good opportunity for candidates to, uh, you know, stick their head above the rest and show why they are different and good, but we'll we'll see. So yeah, Cory Booker running. That's interesting. And uh, the third, third topic of discussion. Oh, one little point I didn't mention about Cory Booker. Cory Booker uh, is up for reelection in 2020. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure New Jersey's primary for the Senate is in June, but you have to file a little bit earlier. So the U.S. Constitution does not let you run for two offices at once. Yeah. So however, can we see Cory Booker in a place where he has to forfeit his Senate spot? Or? Well, I'm not sure when the well New Jersey's primary for the Senate is in June. If he drops out, 
early, then he can probably return to his Senate seat. So what if what if he makes a longer run? Then if he, he makes like... a long term run, then uh, if he makes a long term run and uh, either loses to Trump or loses the nomination, then I'll be out of a job. Come yeah, twenty twenty one. And that's a risk that someone like Kamala does not have to take. Yeah, Kamala, Gillibrand. Um, They're all fine. Tulsi Gabbard is taking the risk, too. That's, yeah. I'm not sure why. She'll drop out early enough. Yeah, so chances are. She... But yeah, uh, that's something to consider for Booker and probably more on that later. But the third third thing we got discussing today is um, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam uh Put, uh, a pic, a picture in his yearbook from 1984 showed uh, two people in blackface and KKK robes, which uh, self-explanatory is not good. Yes. So, calls on him to resign. He held a press conference yesterday saying he will not. Uh, he's got to step down, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy, he was elected in 2017, a few months after the um, the white nationalist rally in Charlottesville. And... Um, he won a majority of the votes from people who wanted Confederate monuments to be taken down. And he stood for that. He stood for that. Yeah. Yeah. He stood for that. And then there's a picture of him. Well, and it, he never, it, I'm not really sure if he was in the robes or the blackface, but it doesn't really matter anyways, because it's going it's to hurt him. Yeah. Uh, and he said that he he apologized for being in the photo, and then he walked it back and said, "Wait a minute, I wasn't in the photo." It just seems kind of strange. Like, yeah. how would a how would a yearbook let you put that photo in? And like, why would you yeah. put that photo in in the first place? I just think that's it's weird. I think there's something more missing element that we don't know yet of the story because yeah. there are, there's a couple holes, but uh, he's. He's got to he's got to resign. Yeah, uh, and... Al Franken, Al Franken resigned because just yeah. to, to set an example, you know, he didn't he didn't do a whole lot, but he did enough that it was he should have resigned. And he did to set an example for people across the aisle. Now, uh, he can resign and set an example for someone like Steve King to do the same. Yeah. So just to set a historical precedent, he needs to do that. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see because that's dominated the dominated the press the last this weekend, and we might see the lieutenant uh, governor of Virginia. My name, his name is slipping me right now. Justin Fairfax. Justin Fairfax, and yeah. he's an African American man. He'd be the second African American governor of that state. Yeah, because so. Doug Wilder was the first back in the nineties. So let's see how uh, let's see if that will happen. But yeah, that's going to be really interesting. But. We did get one listener question. It was, um, what characteristics of a of a Democrat uh, are needed to beat Trump in twenty twenty? Well, I feel like that could really depend because if you have someone who's um, a progressive Democrat, then the moderates are alienated. If you have a moderate Democrat, progressives are alienated. And if you're kind of in between, well, both sides could be alienated, quite frankly. I think that you should be, I think that the Democrats to take on Trump should be a minority. Yeah, that, that would work. That, that would. So there are a lot of different uh, personalities and characteristics that define Democrats right now. And we'll see them coming in. But thanks for your question, whoever sent that in. And um, yeah, so we've got a, got a good show and 
no no Matt on today, so we can't have the well. He usually does a little bit where he says something about world politics, but uh, anything in world politics that's interesting you right now? Um, apparently, well, can, Canada is having elections in October, and it's you have the Liberal Party, which is traditionally more centrist, but with uh, Trudeau as the leader, it's moved to the left. It has. Um, and it's basically they're running neck and neck with the conservatives who, well, are conservative. And there's also a third party. Um, I think it was called New Democracy or something like that. Kind of left wing. It's led by, uh, I think, an Indian guy named Jamit Singh. Um, mm-hmm. They aren't doing too well, but it would be interesting to see if Canada elects a new prime minister, especially with uh, the issue of immigration um, that Trudeau has been accused of being soft on. Yeah, you know, but I think I've I had to put money on it today. I'm not. I'm not an expert. Yeah, it's a little politics, We'll see how Trudeau should. But yeah, um, one little other thing is uh, we mentioned this on the podcast last time. But uh, rumors have intensified of Howard Schultz running a third-party ticket. Oh, yeah. Um, how damaging would that be to a Democrat? It would definitely be damaging. There were polls done that showed uh, Democrats versus Republicans with and without Howard Schultz. Now, Howard Schultz is despised by both parties. He only gets a max of about 7% of the vote. However, the Democrats are the ones who typically fall. And with this, Trump takes the lead of he takes the lead over every challenger if Howard Schultz joins the race except for Bernie and Biden. Howard Schultz is he's I don't I'm very frank here. He's he's an idiot. But like he, he does he doesn't he doesn't support any of the democratic policies. He doesn't have any of his own policies either. So like it's just the classic he doesn't have a plan, he just hates theirs. And he just wants to throw himself in the ring, uh, in the middle of the middle of the field just to um is it name recognition? Is it more people? I don't know what he wants from this race. Does he want to be president? Or I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure he might just want to get his, uh, get the idea of deficit reduction out there. Now, I do support reducing the deficit. Yeah. However, he does. He says he wants to reduce the deficit, but he also doesn't say how. How are we going to reduce the... 20, There's a lot of um, missing hows yeah. out there in the days yeah. of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. But... uh. Yeah, so I I don't like Howard Schultz at all. I don't think he would be a good uh, contributor. But let's see how that shapes up. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on here. Oh, I have uh, one last message sure, to say. Sure, sure. So we all know Stacey Abrams, who is the Democratic nominee for Governor of Georgia recently. Mm-hmm. She is making um, an announcement. Well, we all know that she's going to be the response to the State of the Union. But yeah. she's also making some announcement in all Georgia markets today during the Super Bowl in an advertisement, a potential run for the United States Senate. Uh, there's a Republican senator up for re-election, David Perdue, and she may or may not run for Senate against him. But Is the seat open in 19 or 20? Uh, it's in 2020. He's. I'm pretty sure Perdue's going to run for re-election. Yeah. Well, I think that Stacey Abrams, all the candidates who have lost, uh, who lost in the mid in the midterms have been, I think, snapped up by like uh, television television networks as political commentators like Andrew Gillum 
Orban having some role, you know, in the speak in, in the yeah. in the future. But Stacey Abrams, we haven't heard of since election day when she conceded that close loss. And let's see how it goes when uh, she um, gives that rebuttal on Tuesday night. And she's been very quiet since the last three months. So she'll be interesting to watch. So, yeah, thanks for being on here. Um, right. It was a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, follow us on Instagram at Generation Elect. If you have a question, again, send it in to us and we will answer it like we did today. Have a good one. Bye.